Today in our day and age, we can see an over-excessive emphasis on the individual. We can see a lessening, lessening of regard for family, of the importance of family for children. And we can also see just a, a more confusion and less of understanding of what it means to be human, of our human sexuality as well. And so knowing all that, all of us who have been given a meaning uh, meaning of God, all of us who are created by God, by human beings, God has, has a certain view of mankind. God has given us a certain meaning that's found in the reflection of our own bodies. And so this is, this Christian anthropology, this Christian understanding of mankind, I think is what we have to look back at, to, uh, to kind of focus on, as we see this mass confusion, uh, lack of understanding the importance of family and of love. And so knowing that, uh, we see in the readings today that Genesis begins to reveal to us that what mankind is made for, that self-gift. And as we see as that, that God explains what man is created for, as we see in the book of Genesis and the word of God, then God begins to reveal to us that the fullest expression of that gift is found in marriage. And that God then provides an example for us of how that communion and love, how that marriage life is supposed to be sustained and how it is supposed to look like by God's own gift of himself. And so looking at all that, we begin just by looking at the very first reading. We see in the book of Genesis, the very first line, I got to that man was not meant to be alone. Gaudium et Spes says that a man which is created for, him, for itself can only find himself by a sincere gift of himself. To put it another way, mankind, by being human, our human nature, we are not meant to be alone, but we are meant to be in communion with another. We are meant to give of ourselves, of our whole person, fully to another. And this can be found in the very anatomy, in the very language of our bodies. Because we know our bodies can speak a very clear language. For example, I may wave and say hello, and I may wave and you may understand that very clearly as me saying hello. And take away a few fingers, a few digits, and you know I'm saying something completely different. <laughs> and so we know that our bodies speak a certain language. And so the language of our own bodies, the way that God has created us, it speaks and tells us of that very same reality that we are meant to be in communion with another. We are meant to give of ourselves fully out of love for that other. And we see that perfectly fulfilled, or fulfilled, I should say, in marriage. Looking on deeper into the book of Genesis, Adam is not able to find a suitable partner in all the created things of the world that God is giving him until God creates Eve. And Eve, who is, who is Adam's co-equal, only in Eve, woman, that Adam finds flesh of his flesh, bones of bones, Adam finds a suitable partner for himself. For Eve, and that's for Eve, taken from the rib of Adam, the side of Adam, it's meant to symbolize that Eve is Adam's co-equal. The only one capable of receiving Adam's gift of self and reciprocating. For if in the, in the symbolism of, of Genesis, if Eve was taken from above the rib of Adam, they say that Eve, that woman, uh, is in, superior to man. But if she was taken from below, that means that she is inferior to Adam. 
But the fact that she's taken from the side, from the center, it means that she is his co-equal, his partner. And so we see that as Adam and Eve, as God says that man should leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh, as Adam and Eve come together in that communion of love, we see that's the fullest expression of our friendship to one another, what we're called to do as human beings, to give ourselves as a full gift. But to become one flesh, obviously its most obvious symbolism is found in the marital act, but is meant to be expressed outside of it as well. For flesh here in the biblical context is not meant to be to the exclusion of the spiritual. And so in matrimony, in marriage, in that loving communion, fidelity is meant to be expressed, a growth in that friendship and love of focusing on the other and giving of oneself to the other. But in order, in order to make this fullest expression realized, in order for us to truly be able to give of ourselves to another, we need to be able to sacrifice. And that is the key for understanding ourselves and a gift of ourselves, especially the key to understanding marriage as well, is that sacrifice needs to be in place. And not just any sacrifice, but sacrificial love. And God himself has provided for us this example for all of us, and especially for those in matrimony, what that full gift of self is meant to look like. We see that in the second reading, of course, we see that we're a reminder of how God has lowered himself lower for the angels by taking on our humanity and giving himself to us on the cross. Now, God could have just spilt one drop of his precious blood, and that would have been enough to have saved us. Just one drop of God's precious blood would have been enough to forgive us of all our sins, to defeat the kingdom of Satan, and defeat death itself. And yet as we see that God chose to give everything. That full gift of God is shown, a full gift of himself is shown on the cross. God left nothing reserved, held nothing back for himself, but gave everything of himself to the point of death for us so that we may live. It is that example of sacrificial love that God puts forth for us to imitate. It is that is the love that lends towards self-gift, that lends towards communion. For on that cross, by giving them himself, he shows us our worth, and he shows us what we are meant to do from the very beginning of time. That's inscribed in our own bodies, that's seen in our own human nature. We are meant to give of ourselves and the sacrifice of ourselves, to lay down our lives for the other as Christ has laid down his life for the church. Now sacrifice, which is so key to that communion, to grow in fidelity and love, that friendship, sacrifice is difficult. No one is going to deny that. Sacrifice is difficult and it's irksome. But when sacrifice is united with love, when sacrifice is done out of love, it becomes easy. Now, as you grow in our love, it becomes easier. But when that sacrifice 
because when that sacrifice is united to perfect love, when that love becomes perfect, then sacrifice becomes a joy. Sacrifice alone is difficult. Loving sacrifice makes it easy. And when that love becomes perfect, it becomes a joy. And that perfect love is what we are called to imitate on the cross. It's that full gift of ourselves of laying down our lives for the other, for all those around us, for our friends, and most specifically as well, uh, that gift of self in, in uh, marriage. Full gift of oneself, that sacrificial love on the cross. And so knowing that plan for our lives, knowing the great example Christ has set out for us, the question, the challenge I, I want to propose to you is this. I want you to find one way in which you could place the needs of your spouse first before yours. One way in which you can begin to offer or begin to see and find a way in which you could place the needs of your spouse first. And that needs to be reciprocated. Because only when we start doing that, then we realize that sacrifice needs to take place. And we have to rely on the love, but not just any love then. Because when we begin to engage in that sacrifice, we see the difficulty, then we know we need to rely on the graces of God that comes from the sacrament of holy matrimony. And so that's my challenge for you. And also an invitation, so you heard from last week's homily from Deacon Dave Kerrigan, also an invitation to have recourse to that sacrament of matrimony, any of those who find themselves in a civil union as well, that God has provided the key to that fidelity, to that love, to that growth in communion with one another, the graces that come from his cross through the sacrament. And so that is my challenge for you. Find one way to place the needs of your spouse before yours. Of course, to come together and to pray before the Lord. Because God has said in the gospel, so that they are no longer two but one flesh, therefore God has joined together, no human being must separate. As the couple pledges themselves to each other in marriage for lifelong fidelity and love, so God pledges himself to them. God who has given himself and reserved nothing for himself, pledges himself to all those who have recourse to him. And so that is what is available for us. So we know that man is not meant to be alone. Any act that reserves ourself from giving of ourself is only a path towards loneliness. Any act of selfishness is only an act that leads us towards being alone, even in married life. But when we begin to give of ourselves, begin to offer our sacrifice and join our sacrifice with the perfect love of God, then we begin to find joy in our lives.